Welcome to another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael. In this episode, we'll be assessing old-school style development banking. As a reminder, in the previous infographic, we looked at the twin constraints for development banks, namely that a sustainable development bank has a social constraint, such that they actually promote social and economic development, and they have a profit constraint such that they end up generating more resources than they burn through. Now, in this infographic, we're going to be looking at five trends in this old-school style development banking that we should worry about if we plan to use this model as a way of promoting development in some of the poorer countries of the world, particularly in the region known as the IGAD region. As a reminder, that IGAD region consists of countries that are under the jurisdiction of the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, a interministerial group of East and Central African governments that focus on development-related issues. We would also like to highlight that the figures in this infographic have been taken from a larger paper by Luna Martinez and Vicente. Uh, so these data are not ours, we just put them together in a more pleasant to look at way. Now the first trend to worry about is the interest rate that these banks have tended to lend at. We see that the average interest rate charged by these development banks came out to about 19%. This was particularly surprising given the low interest rate environment in which these banks operated in before and at the time of the global financial crisis. The second trend to worry about is the size of lending from these development banks. The average loan value came in at roughly 2.2 million US dollars, which particularly nowadays is not a lot of resources in order to build and expand a company. The third trend uh, relates to the targeting of these development banks lending. We see that from this middle part of the infographic, most of the resources went to micro-enterprises and small and medium enterprises, and particularly resources went to companies in the agribusiness, uh, light manufacturing, and services sectors. So these data paint a picture of development banking going to reducing poverty or promoting social cohesion, then necessarily allocating resources to those knowledge-intensive activities which will help grow these economies in the future. The fourth trend to worry about is the low amount of revenues earned by these banks from consulting and related activities. Over the last decade, roughly, uh, private banks have tried to shift their profit centers away from old-style lending and more toward value-added services like uh, consulting, analysis, and other services that customers are willing to pay for. And this area of banking is particularly important for development banks, which have a very strong role to play in developing those managers and those entrepreneurs, which will then go on to develop the economy.
Along those lines, we see that training revenues accounted for only about 30% of these development banks' intake. This is worrying because either these banks are not offering enough training to aspiring managers and entrepreneurs, or the training that they are offering isn't valued enough. The fifth trend to worry about is the uh, amount of these development banks that operate some kind of retail chains. Retail banking has typically been this, a sector targeted by private banks. Development banks have no obvious need to provide checking accounts, uh, cards, and other traditional banking services, even if these services are useful. At first glance, we have to ask, well, what services do these development banks offer that private banks cannot possibly offer? And if development banks are having to do this, then maybe the problem lies in poor regulation that keeps traditional banks from providing these types of services. Thus, it's not that traditional banks cannot provide traditional banking services to savers and investors, but simply that regulation in the country is so bad that the government then has to operate its own banks in order to get around the poor regulations that prevent private banks from doing this kind of work. So looking at the overall message from this infographic, we see that the track record of old-school development banking has not been great in recent years. While, as we saw in the last infographic, that yes, these development banks did earn overall adequate rate of return on assets and equity, in terms of their focus on achieving their objectives, this is a much more mixed picture. This has been another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael.